0: Welcome to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring Charles Peltz from WMHT.org. Charles Peltz conducts the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. Charles's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of Charles Peltz's commentary from the concert broadcast of WMHT Live on WMHT-FM, your classical companion. Good evening, I'm Charles Peltz, and you are listening to the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra broadcast on WMHT Live. Tonight's concert was recorded on Sunday, November 19th, 2006. At the Performing Arts Center at Glens Falls High School, the title of the program was Musical Gallery, and it will become very clear very soon as to how we came up with that title. There was a guest conductor on tonight's program, Gunther Schuller. For those who are familiar with the music world, the name of Gunther Schuller resonates immediately. Pulitzer Prize winner, MacArthur Genius Grant winner, an expert in jazz as both a player, composer... And critic, expert in classical music as both a player, composer, and critic, Gunther Schuller looms over the musical scene, often as the scolding grandfather, the man who wants to set it straight, whose standards are always a little higher than everyone else's. We were fortunate that Gunther Schuller was willing to come to the Falls Symphony on November 19th to help us produce one of his pieces, The Seven Studies on Themes of Paul Clay. Well, when Mr. Schuller agreed to come, we realized that we had to have a program that would be special as well as unique by his appearance. And this is how we decided to do it. The musical gallery shows two rooms of the gallery next to one another. In one showing room, in one gallery, we have Schuller's seven studies on themes of Paul clay. And then after intermission, the other gallery are the pictures at an exhibition originally composed by Mussorgsky and then orchestrated by Maurice Ravel. As a way to open the program, we had a little bit of a piano prelude discussion with a great friend of mine, David Pasbrick, a pianist known to local audiences through his work at the Luzerne Music Center, a person who resides in Philadelphia, teaches at Temple University during the winter, a wonderful pianist, and an erudite and articulate speaker. For today's broadcast, we won't have all of David's presentation for you, but I certainly want you to get a taste of his wonderful pianism. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the last part of his lecture, which is The Great Gate of Kiev, as originally written by Mussorgsky for the piano. So that's what we'll begin with right now. This is David Passberg performing Mussorgsky's The Great Gate of Kiev, the last movement of pictures at an exhibition. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. You've been listening to the Glensfall Symphony Orchestra, although you're wondering where the orchestra is. That was David Passbrigg, pianist, with the Great Gate of Kiev for Mussorgsky's pictures at an exhibition. David gave a little lecture playing demonstration at the beginning of this program called Musical Gallery. He wanted to show the audience through sound and through a few words how Mussorgsky's piano music was eventually transformed into Ravel's orchestra music, which we will hear after intermission. After the piano was moved off stage and a podium replaced that piano, the great Gunther Schuller joined us to conduct his seven studies on themes of Paul Clay. This is one of Schuller's major works, and it was written in 1959. After a decade where Schuller had become someone who was, had been playing horn in the Metropolitan Orchestra, and it should be noted that Gunther Schuller got his first principal horn position when he was 17 years old, a prodigiously talented young man whose father was a violinist in the New York Philharmonic. Schuller, living in New York City, playing at the Met, would leave the Met every night with his wife Margie, and they'd go clubbing up in Harlem. Schuller loved jazz music, and he became more and more interested in it, seeing the freedom and the musical genius of the improvisers, and indeed the composers, Ellington especially. Schuller was intrigued by this music and wanted to be part of that scene. He started by playing, was soon writing about it, and writing jazz music himself. Schuller, interestingly enough, was an artist when he was a young man, and apparently quite good. When he was an adolescent, it came time to make a choice, and he made a choice to become a musician. But he always had a particularly keen eye for the visual arts. Paul Klee, the famous Swiss artist, was actually a musician his whole life, a violinist of high renown, apparently, from what the sources tell us, and would make chamber music with great other musicians who were known musicians of his time. So much of Clay's drawing, his painting, has a musical theme or at least a musical subtext in it. Schuller was attracted to this musical subtext. And so in the late 50s, in 1958 and 59, he chose seven pieces. These seven pieces he, he wrote music on. He didn't try to actually describe the pieces. Rather, his impressions of the musical background in these seven pieces of Paul Clay. The first piece, Antique Harmonies is a depiction of the kind of sounds that Schuller thinks Clay was referring to. There are the open fifths, which we know from medieval harmony, and also then the what is known as the Landini cadence, which you'll hear when a low note starts on one note, goes to a lower note, and comes back in a very obvious way. We'll hear that. The abstract trio is an extraordinary set of trios and Uh, amongst various instruments in the orchestra, all of them working in rhythmically complicated ways, but somehow obviously inevitable in the way those rhythms work themselves out. The Little Blue Devil, Gunther admits with a wink and a glint, is a reference to blues. You'll hear in its swing music the harmonies of the bebop era an awful lot of fun. Speaking of fun the fourth movement the twittering machine is haydnesque in its ability to elicit laughter from the audience and you'll hear in the background that we got a good set of chuckles from the audience it is a set of twittering sounds as if you'd loosened a flock of birds in a room all chirping throwing their chirps in some louder some softer some faster some slower the fifth movement is an arab village in which schuller has various Instruments combine themselves in a way that truly evokes the Middle Eastern instrumentation. It's the longest movement, but in many ways, the most colorful and most pictorial, I should say, rather than colorful, the most pictorial. An eerie movement is a slow-moving, slow build, as all great eerie moments are. Hitchcock always said it wasn't the shower scene in Psycho, which was the most eerie. It was the feet going up the steps. And then finally, a sweet pastorelle with an undulating string figure that accompanies clarinet. Great clarinet playing, uh, in this case, by our principal clarinet, Michael cerigliano So we'll now hear Gunther Schuller as he conducts his seven studies on themes of Paul Clay with the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra. You're listening to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring Charles Peltz from WMHT.org. Welcome back to our concert, A Musical Gallery. I'm Charles Peltz, the music director of the Glens Falls Symphony Orchestra. And this concert was recorded live on Sunday, November 19, 2006, at the Performing Arts Center at Glens Falls High School. Well, when we returned from our intermission at the concert, Gunther Schuller was made an honorary mayor of Glens Falls and in the only address that he made to the audience, he simply asked, where are the keys to the city? Apparently Schuler likes us so much, he wants to come back and he wants to have a place to stay. Well, we, if Gunther, if you hear this concert or this broadcast, you should know that you always have a place in Glens Falls, and we certainly intend to have you back. I took the podium for the second half of the program in which we performed the pictures at an exhibition by Mussorgsky and their arrangement by Maurice Ravel. In 1873... A Russian painter by the name of Victor Hartmann died a tragic death at a young age. Although not a famous artist, he's been immortalized because Modest Mussorgsky, his great friend and one of the Russian five, went to a gallery of Hartmann's work and decided as he strolled through that gallery that these paintings and drawings deserved to have musical representation. Mussorgsky went home and created a set of pieces, The Pictures at an Exhibition. It is probably the most famous piece of music that depicts visual art. Unlike Schuller's Seven Studies on Clay that we just heard, in which the composer is really trying to just create an impression, Mussorgsky was really trying to recreate the paintings in sound, and he was, of course, extraordinarily good at doing so. They were originally a piano suite. Maurice Ravel was approached by his publisher, Uh, to orchestrate them, and he took them on is as much a mercenary uh, project as a great compulsion to orchestrate them. However, Ravel was happy with his work, and it has certainly become one of the most important pieces in our repertoire, if only because it is an example of the extraordinary color that an orchestra can create. The movements to the pictures at an exhibition are The promenade, which is the theme which we hear four times over the course of the the work, followed by gnomus, or a gnome. Then an old castle featuring the saxophone, an unusual instrument in the orchestra, but here perfect for the mournful sounds of the, the old empty edifice. The tuileries, the bustling about in a shopping district. The Biedlow, which is the Polish ox cart featuring a tuba solo in its uppermost register where we begin by hearing the slow turn in the strings of the ox cart wheels and then the creaking of the cart itself in the tuba, beautifully played by our principal tubist, David Marguson. The ballet of the chicks in their shells is a scattering of woodwinds frantically moving in haphazard cacophony and energy around the farmyard. Samuel Goldenberg and Schmoyle arguing about a business deal. The Limoges, again another scene of commerce and activity in Paris. The Catacombs featuring the winds and brass in dark, echoing tones. The Hut on Fowl's Legs is a driving, dramatic tour de force. And then we end and conclude in front of the Great Gate of Kiev, an overpowering, majestic piece of music depicting the Great Gate in the city of Kiev in the Ukraine. And now we'll listen to the pictures at an exhibition by Mazursky, as arranged by Maurice Ravel. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.